Lights, camera, action. Welcome to Mixed Take, a world outspoken podcast where we discuss how the mixing of cultures and heritages in the US of A influence film, television, and other forms of media and entertainment. Yeah, don't be surprised to hear us laughing and geeking out over the movies and shows that we cover. We're the nerds that nerds. love Star Wars, <laughs> yep. uh, own our own lightsabers, isn't that Careful right? Of those. And, uh, <laughs> and can be found sipping cafe con leche while dreaming of traveling the galaxies. That's right, hyperspace style. What, what? Speaking of hyper, I'm Robert Rivera. Hi, I'm my cafe con leche at the moment, and I'm joined by my slightly cooler co-host, and never have I ever done this show without her. Okay, I'm sorry. That was a great little... Don't unsubscribe. Please don't unsubscribe. (laughs) Hey, I'm Dani Alicia, and today we are so excited to talk about, if you got the never have I ever reference, Mindy Kaling. Mindy, I'm excited about this one. I know. I really like her. You, yeah. I, what, what I've really enjoyed about this podcast so far is the joy it's been to highlight brown and black creators. In yeah. the first three episodes, we highlighted Mexican directors. The fourth episode was Ava DuVernay, who's African-American. And then this episode, um, an Indian-American. And And for me, it's just like opening up my whole world to these black and brown creators that have so much to say. Yeah, I think intentionally looking at their works and seeing threads and themes throughout uh, their different mm-hmm. projects has been has been really helpful. Yes, and like so. that there's intentionality with each of these directors. They yeah. have purpose, they have drive, they have motivation. They, It's not just like for Mindy, it's not just comedy for comedy's sake. She's the- got an end goal in mind. Good stuff, man. I, like I said, looking forward to this one. Before we begin breaking down Mindy's life and career, let's give our quick takes. Take one. Ooh. Donnie, what's yours? I love me some quick takes. Okay, so according to my girl, Mindy Kaling, uh, quote, most comedy comes from pain. So Mm -hmm. my quick take on the notorious K.A. Ling uh, is that she uses comedy. (laughs) She uses comedy to discuss like everyday issues related to, you know, life, love and pursuit of happiness. How about you? What's your quick take, Robert? I I like that. I like that. Uh, Mine is Mindy is a comedic genius that creates content focusing on the struggles of reconciling two very different sets of cultural values. Or in other words, navigating two worlds. And we'll talk more about that. I like that a lot. It's so true. Like uh, Selena, if you if you ever watched the movie with uh, Jennifer Lopez, there's a scene where her dad is talking to her about the you know how rough it is to make it in the industry, and you know he's like, as a Mexican American around Mexicans, you're not Mexican enough. Around Americans, you're not American enough. So Mindy really brings that uh, to to the screen with with her experience yes. as an Indian American trying to have these like cultural Indian things that happen, but also being very American. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, So this leads us to what we call the pre-production and runtime. This is a part of the show where we explore the life and works of Mindy Kaling. And without further ado, Robert, let's go ahead and dive in. Mindy Kaling was born to immigrant professionals. Her father was an architect and her late mother 
was an OBGYN. Her birth name, Vera Mindy Chokelingam, foreshadowed the tension that she would feel between her Indian heritage and religion and her U.S. upbringing. Perhaps it is the embracing of this tension that makes her value two different things like, like Hindu traditions and Christmas celebrations all the time. And it's the thing that really she brings to her stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the Mindy Project, it's so uh, really cool to see her play the role of an OBGYN. Kind of yeah. shout out to Notice her mom. That. And mm-hmm. in that role, she was always like super fashionable, like really trendy <laughs> with what she wore, always really put together. And in an interview, she talked about how her mom was that way. Her mom was very trendy, oh. always looked you know, really nice, despite the busy life of a doctor, being a mom, being a wife, all that stuff. So it was really, it's neat to see Mindy give nods to, um, to her mom in the roles that she plays or in the roles that she portrays, like in Never yeah. Have I Ever, um, the mom in the in the show is also a doctor. Um, I, I, I'm sure that right. Yeah. She even feels now that it's it's somewhat of a tribute. Not that her now that her mom has passed. One hundred percent. Yeah, she talks about not um, liking to share so much about her mom on social media because she doesn't want ever to, there to be like negative comments about her. Which, you know, mm. I, I would I would say the same. You know, it's like, ooh, somebody said something about my mama. <laughs> Give me your yeah. address, you know, even it it, it it's such a, a sore spot, even more so now with, with her mom being passed. Yeah. And then the other thing about her upbringing is Mindy gives credit to being raised by immigrant parents to to the level of comedy that she has. She's like, you know, you, you learn like there's there's so much funniness in different perspectives in the Indian perspective of Americans or or vice yeah. versa. As you know, she grew up in what Connecticut. So she's like she knows <laughs> what people think of her parents when they're saying certain things or what her parents think of, you know, uh, what they see. Because our there's nothing perfect about any culture. You come in and you're like, why do you do it that way? That looks crazy. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that's pretty cool. I think the mixing of cultures and heritages yes. <laughs> yeah. lends itself to humor, doesn't it? Because you have these these worlds colliding, and at some point, especially if you're trying to navigate them, mm-hmm. as they clash, it can lend itself to comedic situations. Oh, yeah, 100%. Do you ever watch Trevor Noah, the host of The yeah. Daily Show? Mm-hmm. He, he has that perspective of being an immigrant to the country, coming from South yeah. Africa, and he's like, Nobody ever thinks he's African because he's so fair, light skinned. Yeah. So, like the comedy that that brings to what he does is, you know, is very Mindy esque. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, he's a good one to to point out. Good. Oh, let's let's love that guy. yeah, let's take note on on him and uh, put him in, you know, our files. <laughs> put him in the queue. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mindy Kaling might be best known for her role in The Office as the hilarious pop culture drama queen that we know, Kelly Kapoor. I mean, has us rolling. She is mm-hmm. hilarious. However, I think to see Mindy as just a talented actress is to really sell her short. And I think most people who are introduced to her at first see her as just a funny actress. Mm-hmm. But we're going to dive deep and we're going to see what she really is and, and how, how much she has influenced our entertainment. Yeah, for sure. Like many celebrity professionals, Mindy shortened her last name from Chokalingham to Kaling for the benefit of others. 
I see this a lot, actually, mm-hmm. especially working at a, at a college, m- making names, mm-hmm. you know, international students creating m- more American English friendly names. Oh, yeah. Um, I think pretty much every uh, Chinese student at Moody would change their Chinese. Like, they would have a Chinese name and an American name. So it'd be yeah. like Peter. It's like, OK, I know your parents didn't name you Peter. You know, right, right, right. right. But, and that's a whole nother topic. And I, I don't say that in any way to critique people. Oh, yeah, no. Or anything like that. It In some ways, it kind of exposes this idea that maybe in the U.S., we're not really tolerant of last names and maybe are a little bit more difficult to pronounce. So we feel the yeah. need to change or shorten names. We're, we're not as woke as we think we are, as <laughs> right. we'd like to be. <laughs> like right. we Hopefully we'll get there. But yeah, there's, there's definitely some work that needs to happen. Yeah. After an internship with Conan... When she was about 19, she was sick of her name being butchered at stand-up acts. Mm. After creating an off-Broadway show with her friend Brenda Withers about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, of all people. I don't even know. <laughs> I, I heard her talking about this in her book. And it is super random how they decided to create comedy That's, based uh-huh. on those two guys. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, this off-Broadway show received critical acclaim. So this wasn't just some some junky little performance, but actually um, got some attention. They created a television show called Mindy and Brenda based on their lives. The show was picked up by the WB, but they were recast with better looking and less funny versions of themselves. (laughs) The pilot actually never aired and Mindy secretly snickered. She was oh later brought goodness. on. Wait, as wait, wait! A Can you imagine like writing a show about yourself? And about yourself, right? And and yeah. you don't even get the part. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're like... not, you're not what we're looking for here. <laughs> I, you're am not you enough. That person, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, wait! Hold on! It's about me, and I am an actress. Like, wow. The, the I level started, of I, I watched a little bit of the of the pilot, and it was. Oh um, no way! Yeah, it was. It wasn't great. It was. I was missing. Mindy. And I guess Brenda. I don't know if I was missing Brenda or not. I don't know Brenda's work. (laughs) (laughs) She was later brought on as a diversity hire for The Office, which is something I had not realized before, onto a staff of eight people, including four writers, all who were men, possibly all who were white. Yeah, they were all white men. Yeah. And which is interesting. So Greg Daniels is the the lead writer for the, The Office, and he was intentionally looking for somebody with a different voice. And as they, you know, wrote parts and all that stuff, they were writing for like everyday people. So Mindy, in one of her interviews, she's like, look, if it wasn't The Office, like I wouldn't have been brought on any show just because of the way she looks. Like she's not the the typical looking or even sounding. Her voice can <laughs> is, a, is a very like niche, you know? So it's like she looks different. She sounds different. She is different. But that was exactly what what Greg Daniels and The Office was looking for. Like different every day also, kind of just a normal looking type of individual, which is pretty cool. You you know what's interesting is that this was exciting for her because I guess her family already knew Greg Daniels because he is the creator of King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, oh, yeah, Greg Daniels. So if you ever get a chance, you you should um, check out her book and – it talks about some of that relationship between her and Greg Daniels and how she would come in sometimes as a, as this kind of this diva um, into, into the writer's room and they would, they would butt heads a lot, but uh, through it, she learned how to work with others and, and how to use that diversity hire uh, situation 
you know, to really elevate her career. Man, speaking of diversity hires, wasn't she a diversity hire when she was uh, working at NBC? Oh, right, right, right. That- and I think I think that that's that's uh, is it that with the office? Oh, that is that same time. I, I thought so. Oh, got you. So when she was working at NBC as a diversity hire, she didn't know because- that she was a diversity hire. Oh, she okay. only found out later. <laughs> like wow, it it wow. was like some like off something how she found out and so she was like oh well thank god the the issue with it though i think is that she's not she's not getting paid with the office budget she's getting yeah. paid by nbc and so there's a little bit of a stigma in her mind uh there already that that her her salary isn't being paid by the success of the show but rather by some corporate almost like scholarship type situation yeah totally she feels like an other already in that situation mm. But thank goodness. I mean, it did give her the opportunity to show up and show out because it was like, okay, she came out in the first season and was there through almost the entire the I think the beginning of the ninth season. The first episode was the last season that she helped write. Well, any fans of her show will quickly recognize Mindy's humor. Her funny, pensive prose is packed with subversive punchlines and witty comebacks. In addition to her impressive list of of screenplays, she penned several books including Why Not Me, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? (laughs) And uh, Mindy's humor is not only genius and charming, she strives to push people's thinking forward. I like some of the themes that continually come up as in preparation for the show. I've been watching a lot of the Mindy Project, which, you know, of course we watch Never Have I Ever as well, but in the Mindy Project, I really get to see her because, you know, she plays this very confident OBGYN. She wanted to make sure that this character had the confidence of a white man, very assertive and super hugely funny. But she uses humor to talk about real big issues and then also highlights, you know, certain things. So one of the things that she continually highlights is being curvy in a world that idolizes being thin. And she continually makes fun of it. It's just so funny. So she wears shoes called fat steps. She always talks about like what to eat and, and how much she eats and how often she eats. And so there's like nothing dainty about her, even though she always refers to herself as being small and dainty. She's like, I'm just a little girl Um, (laughs) while she's like scarfing down two burgers in both hands, you know? So like this curvy actress, which was, you know, largely unseen in the nineties now is like, you have Chrissy Metz from this is us who is just fabulous comedian, Amy Schumer, who's also a curvy woman, Melissa McCarthy, who is yeah. from the Chicagoland area. Did you know she's from like the Joliet Plainfields yeah. area? Yep. Awesome. I was like, go ahead, Melissa. And yep. then Rebel Wilson, who's from like Pitch Perfect, Bridesmaids. But it's really neat to see just more curvy women on screen. So that's one of her, her big things. Mm-hmm. And then also her, you know, being brown, being from an Indian family. So she is Hindu, but she always dates kind of these like Catholic or Lutheran guys on the show, which I thought was really interesting (laughs) because she brings just such a different perspective to Mm -hmm. what the world would likely see, like an outsider's perspective of, for example, like the missionary's journey. In the second season, 
guy that she's dating is a Lutheran guy that he wants to go to Haiti for missions and she chooses to go with him. So if y'all haven't seen this, it's just fabulous because it helps, I think, the Christian to know what non-Christians might be looking at us thinking, even how they like feel about missions and stuff like that. It was really interesting in the show to see like the applaud. Whoa, this is a really cool, noble journey. Um, But then also like the funniness of it and how sometimes as we as believers talk about missions, it can seem very theatric. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this great thing that I'm doing and how awesome I am. But then how it can make other people feel really small. It was just fascinating. Yeah. I was like, oh, this yeah. is so like like the you know things that other people are working on aren't as important as this missions trip that I'm going on. You know, it's interesting. We we talked about this right in our pre-show meeting, just how we, we're not getting a lot of times we don't get this kind of content in in Christian media. And so that's why mm. we're highlighting shows and, and creators, content creators in the secular world, because some of the stuff that they talk about is, is really relevant to mm-hmm. even our faith, even if that's not their intention. Absolutely. So oftentimes she'll say that's rude. It's a very <laughs> common phrase that she uses throughout the Mindy Project. And I literally think she is teaching the audience what is rude and what is appropriate. Somebody will say something about her weight and she'll be like, that's rude. (laughs) Or somebody (laughs) will say something about her um, Hindu culture and she'll be like, that's rude. So like literally it's like a a PBS WTTW show (laughs) where like she's trying to, I mean, using comedy, of course, but trying to like highlight the things that we either think or things that people say that are rude, that are wrong, that are right. Ra- and she'll point out stuff too. She'll be like, that's racist. Even like she'll say things and then somebody will say it to her. Like that's racist. That's wrong. <laughs> it's like, this is, you know, conversations that like you said, maybe in the Christian circles, we would never have, but it is stuff that people think stuff that people say in secret yeah, these, these topics are off limits often. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, sometimes you know, in public, I'll be talking and be like, and then that black girl, you know, you kind of have to like <laughs> whisper like the race of somebody or, or whisper how you felt about something. And it's like, man, if only we can have kind of open dialogue about these things. And then the freedom to correct one another about certain things. Yeah. Could that be a game changer? Yes. Good night. Yeah. So also like stuff about, you know, race, racism, sexism, being a woman, her being a feminist, very pro. And when I say feminism, and and she talks about it in one of her interviews, she just talks about the equality that women should have in the workplace, in her career aspirations and all that stuff. She's like, I'm very Mm -hmm. pro-woman, being paid the same, having the same opportunities, stuff like that. And then she pokes a lot of fun at just something that I think all of us uh, journey to have, which is love relationships and all the fumbles that go along with it, which I think is, again, just something that we don't super talk about in Christian circles. It's always say no to sex pretty much. And then you have the marriage conference for the married people, but (laughs) there isn't a whole bunch in between. It's like single people don't have sex. Married people have a lot of sex and uh, we'll see you (laughs) next week. (laughs) It's like, hmm, 
I think we're missing a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some in-between conversations that need to be had. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, man, if we ain't getting it from the church, we're getting it from somewhere. Yeah, I, I feel like never have I ever touches on that. <laughs> Holy smokes. That was, it's so eye-opening, man. If you, if, if. It, Anybody yeah, listening it, it is eye opening because it starts off with this fifteen year old girl and her mission is to lose her virginity. They're <sighs> like, uh, excuse me, but you know <sighs> that I'm glad she didn't shy away from that because mm-hmm. that is really what opens the door to to speaking honestly about this youth's struggles, yeah. and you understand that it isn't. She's not simply a sex crazed girl. But she has layers of, of, of mm. things going on in her own life. Insecurity, loss, heartache, pain. Yeah. To go along a little bit with what you were saying, Mindy writes her characters, her Indian characters, in a way that breaks away from Indian stereotypes. You know, I was just thinking about mm. things like The Simpsons and mm-hmm. where Apu is kind mm. of like this, you know, this caricature. that, that kind of Yeah, thing. he so, owns a convenience store, right? Right. And yeah. he's only... You know, he's only the stereotype. He doesn't have a whole mm-hmm. lot of other depth where she'll poke at stereotypes, right? She'll po- poke at Indian stereotypes, but she fleshes mm-hmm. out her characters so much more so that yeah. they're not only a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so respectable because it's way easier to write and to leave people as the typical stereotype. That's easy to do. But mm-hmm. what's harder is to then move beyond that. And, and we saw that in our um, fourth episode this season with Ava DuVernay in her show, Queen Sugar, season one, episode one. It opens with one of the, the guys and he basically robs a convenience store. But then the story doesn't stop there. We go on to see, oh, he's he needs money to pay for his son's caretakers. And so he's trying to, you know, so it's not just like some bad guy robbing some bad black guy robbing another convenience store. It's like, yeah. oh, it's this dude that recently got out of jail. He can't get a job because nobody wants to hire a felon. He's got a kid he's trying to provide for. There's so much more to it. And we see that same thing with Mindy, that there is depth, there is understanding, there is intensity, and always there's comedy to like lighten it. Like, like, okay, we're going to talk about this, but it's going to be light. It's going to be chill, but we are going to continually, I'm going to continue to say that's racist. That's rude. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered what it would have looked like in the hands of another director? Or maybe you wonder how your favorite director would have directed any given film. Well, that leads us to our next segment called Deleted Scenes. Is there a movie out there? or one that has not been made yet, or a TV show, or whatever, that you would have liked to have seen directed or written by Mindy Kaling. Donnie? Well, yes, there is. Robert, I'm glad you asked. I would say um, I would really like to see the Mindy and Brenda show on Netflix that they already wrote and piloted that failed. Um, so some some take on that, but obviously not the as it was written, because that would have been like their younger selves. But now right. they're, you know, late 30, 40 year old something selves. You, you want to see it with the actual Mindy and Brenda? Yes, with the actual okay. Mindy and the actual Brenda. Okay. All right, Robert, how not, about you? Not, What's your deleted? Not with the more attractive, less funny versions? <laughs> Definitely not. I'll take funny over attractive any day. That's just how okay. it works. All right. All right, Robert, how about that, you? What's your deleted that's what my, scene? That's what my wife said, by the way. 
Um, my my deleted scene, I think, would be the office finale. Oh, this might be an unpopular take. I huh. did not like the office finale. I think they butchered it, and I think Michael Scott was written wrong for that episode. Oh, right, right, right. He came in to me as Steve Carell, not as Michael Scott. Mm. He he didn't hijack the wedding microphone like he normally does. You know, he there's just the the episode just felt flat. But in the hands of Mindy Kaling, I think that could have been an amazing finale. Mm. Bring it back, Mindy. Bring it back. Give us the. I like when when certain like movies or shows they have like alternate endings. So that could yeah. give me what it is like the alternate ending for the office yeah, could have been this. Let's do uh, it. I like good, good, good. I like that. So finally, we've come to the part of our show that we like to call post production. What is post production? Okay, that's where we go beyond the film and give our final takes on Mindy Kaling. We'll either give you our personal takeaways or how she has influenced the entertainment world. Yeah. Look, we here at World Outspoken often struggle with this thought. What does it look like to live in the in-between? Mm-hmm. We are Latino. We are also mm-hmm. U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. We have often felt maybe not Latino enough around our people and not American enough with the majority culture. I think Mindy's life and her works mirror the same tensions. I think I said this before, but when she first began as a stand-up comic, she stayed away from Indian culture-based humor, wanting to be known for her talent and not her ethnicity. And this makes sense considering the generation that she grew up in. We have leaps and bounds to go when it comes to ethnic stereotypes and bigotry, but all the more so in the 90s. She neither wanted to feed the stereotypes or to be pigeonholed. We see this in her portrayal of the character Kelly Kapoor. She would sometimes highlight Indian traditions, but it was mostly to draw attention to herself or for whatever reason, comedic reason, right? This is different from the Indian stereotypes that we've seen in other programming. As we said earlier, Apu from The Simpsons is voiced by a white man, and he's an exaggerated stereotype of an Indian person with no depth beyond the caricature. We have to start applying the Bechdel test to Indian people and other people of color. I don't know if you're familiar with the Bechdel test, but basically it's this question. Is there a woman in the movie? That's the first question. Secondly, does that woman speak to another woman? Third question, does she speak to her about anything other than a man or men? And uh, you know, it breaks my heart when I when I take this idea and I, and I think of the A New Hope, Star Wars, the original Star Wars, mm-hmm. very beloved. Mm-hmm. Is there more than one woman in the movie? Yeah, Luke's aunt and Leia. Those are literally the only two. Right. Do they talk to each other? No. Okay, Bechdel test not passed. Mm -hmm. But when we look at different cultures, you know, maybe this movie has, oh, they have that one black guy. Okay. Is there Mm. another? Is there another black person? Do they speak to each other? What do they speak to each other about? Stereotypical things. So I think she's trying to break that mold by adding a lot of diversity into her content and having them speak about non-stereotypical things. Yeah, and like the lack of Latino presence in many Hollywood movies is alarming. With 20% of the U.S. population being Latino, 
and on screen, less than 5% is have the, the, the primary roles, the major roles. It's like, come on, yeah. Hollywood, we've got to do better. Yeah. I like in, in um, the show, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, which was uh, Mindy is, is credited as being a, a creator and a writer. The, you know, she takes the stereotype things a step further. So there's a real beautiful white actress. She's engaged. She's one of Mindy's best friends. But she would normally in a Hollywood film get the guy. She would get the job. She would, you know, whatever. But in this show, she doesn't get the guy. The guy actually falls in love with a black woman. And there's also another actor on the show who is a black man. Typically, I think culture would say it's common for, you know, black kids to raise up, to grow up fatherless, stuff like that. But this black actor, he, he finds out that he has a kid. He didn't know. And then he fights to be her parent. He fights for fatherhood. Mm. Um, So again, just like writing in these, these, these kind of role reversals of like, nah, this isn't, you know, what we like to mainstream or what we, how we like to stereotype people is too easy. It's, yeah, it's not being careful. It's lazy. Oh man, 100%. And it's rude. It's racist. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> it's wrong. It's like, what in the world? We have to rethink how we, how we think about um, other people and, and the damage that stereotyping can do. Because sometimes we could stereotype so much that people fall into it because it's like, oh, well, it's expected of me. So whatever. I'm just going to do it that way. Yeah. It's dangerous. Have you ever felt that sense of not belonging? Mindy's characters don't feel fully Indian or fully American. This is fleshed out a lot in the show Never Have I Ever. And nobody warned me, you know, nobody, and I'm upset about this, Right. that this was a tearjerker disguised as a comedy. They tricked me, bait and switch. <laughs> I watch this show while I do the dishes, mm-hmm. okay? And I use my tears to wash the dishes. That's really sad. Yeah. I felt very much like I could relate to the female protagonist of the show, Davy. Mm. What about you, Donnie? Man, you know, in Mindy's shows, I, I love that her writing and her acting always portrays these people that just don't fit. And that has definitely been my experience. Let me tell you. I, I went to a, a Bible college here in Chicago um, called Moody Bible yeah. Institute. I love my education. Yeah. I, I love the too. school. <laughs> so grateful for it. Uh, but but back when I intended, and, and I don't know if it's still true today, it was about 85, 90% Caucasian. Um, so it was the first time in my life that I realized I was a Latina. And I, I don't mean that in like, um, it, it wasn't like a, a bad thing per se, it was just like, oh, wow, I am very different. So I'm used to walking into a room and giving someone a hug or giving someone a, a kiss on the cheek. Uh, you know, obviously COVID, it's a little different now, but that's- But when oh, you do you that know. to your professor, it's weird, right? <laughs> he gave me the strangest look. I was like, what, what, what in the world, prof? No, no, you know, like with friends, like if you're on the floor hanging out, whatever, you would go over and like hugs- Kisses, kisses on the cheek were not a thing so much so that if you were walking down like a hallway, I grew up, you you look someone in the eye, you say, hi, good morning, good afternoon. How you doing? People wouldn't look at you. They'd be looking down. 
And I, and I always, I just felt so offended because I was like, man, I'm your sister in Christ, bro. You can't even say hi to me. You can't even say what's up. You can't even say like, you good. You can't even say like, Hey, you need a Big Mac. Like what in the world? I just, it, it was just so beyond me. But through my, my experience, it was like, Oh wow. I'm a college. It, it's, it's culture. My culture is different. So my sense of belonging eventually came with finding people like me, sadly. It was like, oh, okay, here's a couple Latinos. I'm going to hang out with them because they understand my culture. They understand how I speak. They like to play spades and dominoes. You know, we would be in the commons and mm-hmm. playing stuff. And it would be like, some people just don't get it or don't don't want to play it or, you know, whatever. So definitely I felt that not yeah. having a sense of belonging. How about you? Any sense oh, of not Definitely belonging? on both sides because, you know, some of my family is super Puerto Rican. And, oh, yeah. um, and I feel I feel very very um, you know Americanized in 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 that in that um, setting and you know and I, would, I would, little comments all the time, kind of mm. pointing that out and highlighting that in me just to remind me you know that I'm not Latino enough or like mm-hmm. you said in in college I was that moody several years before you mm-hmm. and I feel like it was even less diverse back then but. You know, I'd always get, I would either get questions about whether or not I was, you know, in a gang growing up. I was like, do I look like I'm in a gang? <laughs> I was, ten- you know, my freshman year of college, I was just, I was kind of like a, a glorified Steve Urkel. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, and I don't mean Stefan Urkel, less than that. Right, you know, right, right. Stephane. And then I would play music and, and I would get questions about my music all the time. So I was just kind of like, oh my goodness, I just... Or, you know, it's Taco Tuesday. I'm like, I'm not Mexican. Oh, and my goodness, this food bro. is not Why? Mexican. Oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? <laughs> so neither. <laughs> so I think oh. just just kind of like trying to navigate, like, oh, my goodness. I don't – I'm not being embraced by either culture. So I, I do live <laughs> in that middle. I'm trying – and I want to embrace both sides because I feel yeah. very much a part of the culture, mm-hmm. you know, of, of the U.S., um, but also embrace and adore my Puerto Rican roots. Oh, man. And so stuff. I grew up, you know, I'm half Mexican, half Puerto Rican. I don't like spicy food. So, you know, being at Moody, if you, there was a spicy dish, I'd be like, oh, no, I don't eat spicy food. And they'd be like, aren't you Mexican? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, what? I was like, I'm also Puerto Rican. Puerto Ricans don't have very, you know, spice, like chiles in their food. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, nobody, bro, like, nobody knows what Puerto Rican food is, you know. <laughs> so yeah. true. But I was like, I mean, no, like there's there's more to me than just this thing that you that y'all see. Even my own family, they, you know, they would put chiles out and whatever. And they'd be like, oh, do you want some? And I'm like, I've been here on this earth for decades and y'all still don't know. No, for real. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. Kidding. And I really enjoy another stereotype that uh, Mindy breaks down is uh, women. And how women should be portrayed more soft, more genteel, more or less outspoken, um, not as many opinions about things, more submissive and subversive. Um, what she does is she takes the role of, of women and she kind of flips that around. And she, again, like we said earlier in the show, she gives like Mindy Lahiri in the Mindy Project, the confidence of a white man in with Debbie, the young teenage girl and Never Have I Ever. She is very confident. She is, you know, a huge go-getter, super smart, uh, really quick-witted. And so typical stereotypes is, are just aren't going to be seen in anything that Mindy has a hand in. Yeah, I mean, 
great stuff. So that I think that that's a, a a great show to kind of show that that tension of this this girl who she looks at her Hindu heritage and it's kind of like Ugh, oh no, this is kind of this is lame. What, what why are we doing this? And mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, uh, she feels like she feels a connection with her culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you wanted to talk about names too, right? Yeah, yeah. You you know, I, I was it was kind of I was thinking about the show, uh, her movie I, I should say, Late Night, where she mm-hmm. talks about being a diversity hire, mm-hmm. and um, and just kind of that idea of like trying to make your way up in the industry and how she used her diversity hire in real life, mm-hmm. to and she made the most of her diversity hire I should say. And so she, it gave her opportunity and she wasn't going to squander it. She wasn't going to feel sorry for herself or feel like a, a victim or anything like that. Um, but what I find interesting is that she changed her name to Mindy Kaling. And we, we touched on this earlier, but this is not this is not an isolated incident. I started to Google and I'm sure lots of I'm sure people who listen to this will have lots of other examples. But I think of people like like Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's name is actually Carlos Estevez. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you've seen The Force Awakens or any of those new Star Wars movies, you know, Oscar Isaac plays Poe. Well, he shortened his name from Oscar Isaac Hernandez to Oscar Isaac. Or James David Rodriguez. If you don't know who that is, that's James Roday from Psych, I believe. Mm-hmm. And even Vanna White. She's part Latina, and her last name is not White. It's Rosich or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway, my I would point have changed is that too, though. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Anything that could be correlated with, like, roaches. <laughs> Go ahead, change that, girl. That ain't, that, that ain't on you. That's on your ancestors. What were they thinking? But this is a, this is a common thing. And um, so I, I don't know. I, I look at this. And part of it is saddened with this idea that we have to make Mm -hmm. our name easier. Assimilate. Yeah, assimilate. Thank you. That's that's the word I was looking for. And uh, so unfortunate. It's like in a world that can pronounce Dostoevsky, we can surely figure out how to pronounce Hernandez. You know what I mean? Like these Russian amazing. That's how you pronounce that name? The crime and punishment guy. Yes, that's. All Thank you. I've been no wondering problem. for years and years and years. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> what would well, awesome. what what would be his uh, his Hollywood name? Dostoevsky. Oh my goodness. Uh, like Duff? Daniels. Oh, I like Duff too. Yes, one of those. Although Duff would be too like quirky, so it'd have to be a little Duffy. Yeah. More <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh well, unfortunately, that brings us to our end credits. Thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, for this episode of Mixed Take. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcast. Also, head over to WorldOutspoken.com, a site preparing the Mestizo Church for cultural change, where you'll find information on consulting services, thought-provoking blog posts, including 
the future of evangelicalism in Mestizo, and a word on Trump supporting Latinos, and other great podcasts such as The Feature, Questions from the Pew, and the one and only Mestizo Podcast, the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. Yes, special thanks to our producer, Michelle Perez. Also thanks to Emmanuel Padilla and the World Outspoken crew. We hope you join us again as we continue to dive into the world of culture-influencing content creators. Until next time. Cut. It's a wrap. <laughs>